Hello everyone, and welcome to Discussions and Dragons, the podcast where my brother and I take an in-depth look at the world of 5e and all things Dungeons and Dragons. Opening and closing music credit to Will Savino at patreon.com slash musicd20. I'm Britton. And I'm Jaren. And this week, we're talking about creating simple character voices if you're not comfortable using accents. Now, I know that when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, or any sort of like tabletop role-playing game, I was very uncomfortable with accents. I mean, I feel like everyone could possibly do a fake British accent and feel like we're in the fantasy world because that's where fantasy takes place in a nondescript British location. But not everybody's comfortable with that, um, and not everyone is confident in making choices like that and feeling like they're okay with using a voice that's not theirs. Sometimes using a voice that's not yours can hamper your role play or make you second guess your character choices. Um, what about you, Jaren? Have you, when you started playing and you started DMing, um, were you using crazy voices all over the place? Uh, well, certainly when I started playing, I, like you, was not really comfortable doing weird voices. You know, it is a little bit, um, challenging and, you know, kind of nervous to, uh, to attempt to do a voice in front of people. You kind of wonder like, how are they going to react? So the first thing that I did was, uh, my, my first character was, not too far off that reflected a lot of um, my own uh, personality. And I think this is a good starting point. Um, if you can just think about uh, adopting a, a different persona or personality, I think that can immediately uh, change how you speak. Um, that will uh, you know, change your, your physical posture, how you hold yourself, your facial expressions, your physicality, how animated your, your hands are. Um, and this might take a little bit of work if you're not familiar with, you know, some different personalities or you're not, uh, you know, it's kind of outside of your range of, of, you know, of knowledge. You might take some observation and taking note of how does somebody that's really confident hold themselves? How does somebody that's more reserved or nervous? What, what, what are their mannerisms? What, how do they, they regard people and look at them? Um, but once you do that, my first character to go back to that was uh, somebody that was, much more uh, reserved and unsure of himself. And so I just put myself in that mindset and uh, automatically the way that I spoke changed. Um, this is back in the, uh, the pre-quarantine times, we were in person, um, but I, you can still do this if you're playing over the mic, the, your, your voice will be reflected. Um, the, the personality thing, the changes that you make, the, the physicality will be reflected in your voice. And so this first character that I played was more reserved and unsure. And so I tended to not look people in the eyes and, you know, he kind of, kind of spoke like, like this and, you know, the, the inflection changed. He had a lot of ums and, and ands and the, the, the way that I spoke just, uh, you know, automatically changed, you know? And so I'm just imagining what is it like to reflect, um, somebody who's unsure of themselves and not confident is always going to have that self doubt. So just by doing that, the way that I speak changes from how what my natural speaking voice is. Yeah, posture, physicality, and even looking somebody in the eyes or not can really affect how you speak and how your character speaks. So I think that's a really good idea, especially when hopefully we can reconvene and play all of our sessions together as face-to-face -face people again. But yeah, even over the mic, um, being able to take on that physicality really, really works. I know that for me, when I'm thinking about my character voices and thinking about 
how I want my character to speak. I know typically I might be going in a, in a backwards way from some people. Um, I generally try to create my character on paper first before creating any sort of vocal soundscape for what they sound like, mostly because I like to use the personality trait, ideal bond and flaw to inform how my character might speak. So that's my jumping off point. Um, the, their backstory and their everything that surrounds their personality informs how my character might speak. So I, I think that's a really interesting thing to take on that physicality. Um, even, you know, like when we are over mics and we're not together physically, I find myself still, you know, throwing my hands up or, or giving gestures when I speak because it helps me get into the character more and it helps me use my character's voice uh, to inform RP choices. Yes, yeah, certainly. I, I agree with that 100 percent. Using your 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 body to uh, get into that different uh, mindset, that different persona uh, definitely reflects in your voice, too. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking about, like, what would I do if my character was, you know, much more more confident and outgoing? Well, I would sit up in my chair, shoulders back. I might uh, regard people with a, a confident point and I might say something like, hey, you there, guard, direct me to the nearest tavern, you know, instead of shying away and asking please and thank you and kind of hunching my shoulders. I sit up back, shoulders back, uh, you know, eyes like I'm actually looking somebody in the eye and I point confidently and that, that gets reflected in the voice. Yeah, something that they, were, they said over and over again in undergrad is, um, you know, character work is body work is voice work everything kind of culminates together so if you're working on your character you know that may inform your voice your voice will then in turn vo uh, inform your character choices inform your body choices so I, I wholeheartedly agree with all of that and I think that kind of gets into maybe a, an uneasy segue into a specific thing that can also help is just the pitch of your voice. Now you were talking about cadence as well, um, but a pit pitch of your voice is also something that can be very, very informative when deciding how your character will be or how they speak. Um, and when we say pitch, it is just the highs and lows of your voice, how high up into your register maybe your voice will be when your character speaks. Maybe they're up here all the time or or maybe your character is down here using the lower register of your voice. You know, it's it's just those changes between your voice, and that can inform your character's age, or can be informed by their stature, their body shape, anything that how you physically see your character is can inform the pitch of your voice. Those are very two different characters that I just gave. Very high up here all the time, or maybe down here. And I'm not putting on an accent, we're just changing the pitch of the voice. Yeah, certainly. And I think this is one you have to be careful with because your your natural range is going to be the most comfortable and it's going to be, you know, the thing that's not going to wear out your, your vocal cords. Um, you got to make sure to give enough breath support. And, it, you know, if, you know, if I'm uh, spending too much time down in the lower register, I, you know, I'm going to want to have some water next to me so I don't wear out my vocal cords. And I think these uh, different ranges, especially you know, uh, using the lower range a lot more, you know, if I, I think because we're, a lot of us are playing online, we have, uh, you know, some sort of mic, you know, if maybe you've got a decent mic that picks up the lower end a lot better, makes these sorts of things possible. Um, for me, my voice doesn't tend to carry. So if I'm trying to speak more in that lower range, I'm sitting closer to the mic, making sure that I can be heard. And, um, 
yeah, I think that's that's about all I have to, to say on ranges. Like, like you said, like my my voice has a natural range that tends to kind of be. If I was imagining it as a set of pitches, you know, here is kind of the bottom range, here is kind of the top range, and if I if I'm forcing myself to speak outside of that, um, I, you know, it's it's a, con, a concentrated effort, and I have to make sure that I'm taking care of my physical self, making sure I'm giving enough breath support and making sure I've got um, some water there too. So I don't wear out my vocal cords. Yeah. As, as much as people like to think it's lazy work, um, voice acting is a lot of work. Not that either of us are voice actors, but you know, kind of, kind of we are as we're getting unpaid, unpaid work <laughs> to play D and D uh, over zoom or Skype or discord or whatever you're using. Um, you know, everyone's got a character voice, even if it is your voice. Your voice is still your character's voice because you're speaking as them. Um, and if you are exhausting yourself, you know, it is it is a lot of work. So make sure you are taking care. This is kind of an overarching thing as well. Take care of your voice. Drink yeah. water. <laughs> Not just alcohol. We are playing D&D. Drink alcohol, but also drink water. You should drink water all the time, but especially if you're trying to do some different things with your voice. And I, I do want to interject here and say that... Um, I, I personally am not a trained voice actor. These are just some techniques that I have found that works for me over the past couple of years. Um, Britton, you're a, a bit more professionally trained in that you actually have a background in, uh, in acting and, and character work. Yeah. Um, I'm not a voice actor. That's something that I realized that I, I'm not sure if I'd be actually good at. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe once I get my, my accent repertoire a little bit, a little bit more strong, but yeah, again, I'll be coming from a place of, you know, acting and theater training. Um, that's where I spent my undergrad. So that's where I'm going to be coming from. And I know, Jaren, you have, yours is a lot more experience-based and trial and error what's worked and what hasn't for you. Pretty um, much, yeah. Just experimenting, trying things out, observation, talking yeah. to myself in my car. <laughs> right. All trying out uh, character voices. Now, I do want to touch on something that you had said earlier that I kind of roundabout and then decided to skip over again for some reason. Let's go back to tempo and cadence. I think that is a very interesting thing that uh, I, I'd mentioned it a couple episodes ago about uh, a friend of mine who her characters, generally she doesn't change her voice too much, but the one thing that I've noticed that she does change is cadence. And I think that's really interesting for two different characters to have the same voice, but I think of them as two separate characters because of the way that she's shifted her cadence. Cadence and tempo we're kind of using interchangeably here, and that's just how quickly or slowly the character speaks. Um, for me, I think that tempo can be informed by either their state of mind or how frantic the character might be um, and, and how methodically they speak and think. Um, if you think about a character's cadence being slower, they may be thinking about their words a little bit more carefully, and they know exactly what they're going to say when they are going to say it. Or you might have a character that speaks right off the cuff, and they don't know what they're saying, and they're just making up this improv conversation, and hopefully they're going to say the right things, and maybe if they don't, they might get into themselves in trouble. Who knows? Yeah, Those are very two different people. Certainly the second one requires a bit more stream of consciousness, um, if you are not somebody that is used to just getting all the words out and sort of quote thinking out loud, I know myself, um, I'm very much an introvert. And so the second thing, having more of a stream of stream of consciousness, uh, speaking with a, a much quicker, uh, pace, 
does require a, a bit of effort. It's more difficult for me to do, uh, but with practice, you certainly can improve at that sort of a thing. Um, whereas naturally, speaking slower, as if I'm giving a speech, making sure that all my words can be understood. This is certainly the much easier thing to do because I can spend some time thinking about what I'm going to say. And even just now, like hearing that, I, I that is that conjures an image to my mind of um, someone. It, I can't, you know, it's it's an image of a person that seems very calm and seems very methodical and knows what they're going to say, and I it, it's very calming, and but also could be very threatening, when a person is very precise about what they are saying slowly and methodically that is vastly different from i am now speaking slowly and methodically my voice is less severe the tempo has changed slightly to go a little bit faster so that people know that i know what i'm saying and i'm speaking this way it's very i i think playing with tempo can be very fun when it comes to characters even the most frantic characters can have a vast character shift when they're used to just having this stream of consciousness where they're constantly going and no one knows how to get them to shut up and then they have a moment where things slow down a realization something so varying tempo i think can be very fun and very informative for your character when you're thinking about character creation just very simple. Do they speak quickly? Do they speak slowly? And why? Yeah, exactly. And I know, I know you, you kind of spoke about these things as interchangeable terms, cadence and pacing, but I like to differentiate uh, where we've mostly been talking about pacing thus far, um, how quickly you're, or, or slowly your character is speaking. And for me, cadence is something entirely different. And that is we've mostly been speaking with a, uh, an even grouping of words. Um, you know, my natural speech, our natural speech tends to be words are paced, uh, spaced out pretty much evenly. But you could, you know, imagine yourself trying to do a very cliche William Shatner. And your words kind of come out in bunches instead of all just, you know, spaced evenly. You are like fighting to get them out. And the, the cadence is maybe like you're stumbling over them. You know, so that'd be an example of changing my, my cadence from this evenly spaced out word grouping to they're kind of bunched up and fragmented and just fighting to get out of my mouth. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't think about um, varying the, the, like you said, like groups of words, bunching of words, taking time in between and stretching and sh shrinking the space in between your words at varying times rather than a conscious stream yeah and I, I do group those to kind of get together with pacing because they, they they are related i think um as the, as they have to do with timing and and where your words are placed within this you know imaginary uh block of, of time that you're going to be using to to speak you know i come from a music background so i i'm familiar with different ways that you can alter uh, a phrase of music whether that's speeding it up, slowing it down, doubling the length of it, uh, you know, cutting the length of it in half, speeding it up, segmenting it, you know, different ways to chop up bits of music to make it different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And speaking, you said placement of words, that kind of brings me to our next point about placement of the voice in your mouth. Now, I tend to think about vocal placement as four different directions, up, down, forward, and back. If you think about like a, like a side view of your mouth, um, up will be up towards your soft palate, raising the soft palate. Uh, down will obviously be more towards your tongue. Imagine like pushing your tongue into the bottom of your mouth, that being down. Forward is towards your, towards your incisors, towards the front of your mouth, um, where you're kind of nipping off the words. And then back is obviously swallowing your voice and sending it right back to the back of the throat. So I think about placement in terms of a, like an up, down, forward, back placement in your mouth. And that can be really effective to just change right now. I'm pushing my, my voice forward. I'm not trying to do anything other than put the voice in the front of my mouth. And then I'm going to push it back into my throat. And now my voice is a little bit more swallowed and deep and a little bit more throaty. And now I'm going to push my voice up to the top. So I'm lifting my soft palate and I'm bringing it up to the top of my to the top of my mouth. And then now we're bringing it down to the bottom of the mouth and pushing my tongue down and it's a little bit of a deeper sound. Um, so just doing those four different things, they may sound a little bit subtle, but those are easy ways to morph and shift and change your voice where that is still my voice. I'm just placing it in four different spots in my mouth. That is certainly one that I'm, I'm a little bit less familiar with those techniques. Those seem to be more of a, um, a classically trained <laughs> sort of a, a thought process and an approach to it. Um, when we talk about uh, placement and whatnot, I'm the, where my mind goes is uh, maybe it's more similar to the 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 forward and backward uh, things that you mentioned. But I'm thinking like how nasally or throaty your voice is. You know, if it's um, kind of more, this is kind of like a cliche. You know, kind of a nasally sound or. Uh, you know, back in the back of the throat a little bit more. Uh, I'm not as, as good as you at that, but that's kind of where my mind goes. Oh, yeah. Forward and backward, especially, you know, like, like we said earlier, when you think about, um, it, you know, taking things to the extreme is a good way to get an idea out there. If you have a cliche, if you have a stereotype that you think of in your head, all right, well, my character, his Main stat is intelligence. I kind of want him to be nerdy. Well, you've got the classic nerd voice where you put it into the front of your mouth and it's very nasally. And that's a very cliched sound. But then being able to t strip some of those cliches away of saying, okay, well, I've got this voice here. It's in the front of my mouth and it's very nasally. And I want him to be kind of a bookworm. Well, maybe don't, I don't want him to be so nasally. So now I'm stripping away the nasal and breathing through my, my nose a little bit more and still forward and he's got that nerd voice still and now it's a little bit more like me and maybe he's a halfling maybe he's a gnome or maybe he's just a person with a kind of a weird voice so i i really like that idea because i've you know again thinking about the notes that we write for the podcast and i i love the perspective that you bring of a not trained person a person that has done a lot of trial and error completely i've forgotten about the nose when i think about voice I don't know how I did, but I'm very <laughs> glad that you brought that up. The old throat nose. Yeah, the old throat nose. Um, there's only two positions in the mouth. It's the throat <laughs> and the nose. Yep. Now, you had said something about, uh, well, we, we were talking about this episode beforehand. You had said something about word choices. And I think that's really interesting when it comes to a point of character creation and 
this is now not just the physical voice, but you had said something about word choice affecting your character's your character's voice. Yeah, certainly. I think this one is a bit more subtle, but um, you could make... I mean, there's several things that I wanted to mention on, on the topic of word choices. Um, maybe you're making a character choice that your character is not going to ever say any conjunction. We're not, we're not going to say things like can't, don't, or won't. We'll say cannot, will not, do not. Um, or maybe the character... Uh, kind of goes to the extreme and they try to speak overly fancy and instead of saying i got a lot of word choices in my repertoire i have uh, several verbose uh vo i have a i have a, vo I have a verbose vocabulary i have a repertoire of complex uh structure of words you know this might take a little bit more effort if especially if these complicated words are not part of your normal vocabulary um, but it's just another thing that you can do or Maybe your maybe your character talks real simple, like we don't. We, our character dumb. Our character just talks simple, you know. And I'm not changing my voice. I'm just choosing some different words. Um, or perhaps your character has a certain I don't want to say catchphrase, or they just have like certain things that they repeat a lot, and it's part of their vocabulary. Um, maybe catchphrases kind of. That's I don't specifically mean a catchphrase like they they kill somebody in combat and they say they're catchphrase but just some uh slang that they use all the time that is specific to them that's different from you in, in in real life so that when you start talking that way people go oh that's he's talking as the character he or she is talking as the character they're talking as their character um it's not them asking it's their character is saying those things because i heard that those specific words or those phrases that they use all the time as their character yeah i think that slang is a very interesting thing when you're thinking about D&D &D because you think about high fantasy. I, I tend to think about high fantasy as erudite and educated and it is it is very heady and cerebral sometimes because you think about these great knights and these kingdoms and everyone with their magical knowledge and things like that. And you, not everyone's magical. Somebody grew up on a farm sometimes. Sometimes people grew up in very, uh, like, urban environments for what high fantasy might be like a, a cluster of cities together and when you have large groups of people together they tend to develop their own language and maybe the slang comes from there and it's very regional in your area where that slang comes from so i think that's very very informative as to where a character might come from and how your character interacts with other NPCs. Do other NPCs pick up on that slang? Do they know, oh, wait, you said this word? They use that word there. Do, do you know a friend of mine? They live there too. Like, you know, it, anything can just come, come from language, which I think is really cool when it comes to informing a character's voice because it's not, a character's voice is not just about how they say something, but what they're saying. Exactly. Maybe your character's curse phrase, instead of saying like a, a common swear word, they say, well, frogs. Oh, can you imagine a wizard <laughs> with just like a frog familiar and be like, oh, frogs. Right. And it's weird at first, but you say it enough times. It's like when you read fiction and the first time you see uh, some slang curse phrase in, in fiction, you think it's super weird. But by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, well, if you've ever read Wheel of Time, uh, well, blood and bloody ashes is just what they say in this universe. And it's totally normal. The first time you read that, you're like, what is that? That doesn't mean anything. And then you get to the end and it's totally normal. Yeah, like regional language and word choices that affect 
how another person perceives that character. And a, another tip that I have that is, it's very small tip. It is not um, anything that is too crazy. Just volume. The, the loudness or quietness that your character speaks. So varying the volume or even, hey, maybe you've got a character that's, no matter what they're saying, it's always loud. Hey, I really respect you. I'm so sorry that your father died. Is there anything that I can do to help you? Maybe they're just always loud. Maybe that's that's maybe they have a low wisdom and perception score where they don't really understand the nuances of conversation and what should and should not be shouted. Um, or maybe you do have somebody that speaks kind of quietly, regardless of what they're saying. Um, maybe very educated and very lofty thinker, but they never really speak their mind. They're just constantly whispering to themselves or they're keeping to themselves and not really letting any of their thoughts be known because they may have a confidence issue or maybe they don't feel like actually telling anybody anything. Again, that's my voice, but I've just lowered the, lowered the volume and that informs, you know, and obviously everyone has variances in their everyday speech with volume but I think, again, where we talked about taking it to the extreme and then dialing it back, that will help you uh, when it comes to character voice creation. Yeah, and on the topic of volume, you, you mentioned um, speaking at a, at a low volume as somebody being maybe a little bit more unsure. But can you imagine if your character spoke at a low, a low volume but with confidence, how kind of terrifying that would be? Oh, yeah. I, I love taking things like that where if they're loud and not confident, you kind of think of this like himbo, you pea brain knocking around inside the head, no thoughts behind the eyes. Yeah, well, uh, I guess we could probably do that. Maybe. I don't know. What if you just shot an arrow at the dragon? That might work, I think. Well, don't listen to me. Never mind. Anyway. Or you have somebody that is low and confident saying, I know exactly what we're going to do. We are going to go in and we are going to fire three arrows at the guards and then we will run like hell and get out of there. Like it's, it, it's really fun right. to play with those contrasting ideas of what you might think of like loud and brashy, confident. What if it's, what if they're loud and brashy, but have zero confidence in what they're saying? Right. Somebody with low volume that says, oh, you call that an attack. Why don't you try again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is more infuriating to a player than have their DM say, you call that an attack. <laughs> I have to remember that. Remember that for tonight? Yeah, just to, just to bait out the, <laughs> the sixth level spell that you can just counterspell. Exactly. Well, my last point, if, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about on, um, on volume. No, I think, I, think, I think everyone knows what volume is. We've, we've covered that pretty well. Okay, so my last point, we're going to end my list of things with a real easy one, and this is just enunciation. And I'll keep it simple. Um, we'll just say kind of uh, like having a sharp enunciation versus a more rounded and slurred together edges to your words. So on one hand, I could be very precise, have sharp edges, and make sure that my T's are very crisp, my P's are very crisp, and I'm making sure that you can hear very clearly everything that I am saying. My words now have a sharp edge to them. Whereas if I wanted to 
you know, uh, just have a little bit uh, slurred together, some rounded edges, and make sure that my words just kind of are all just kind of part of the same block of uh, block of text. I'm not really, I'm trying uh, a little bit harder to just kind of round off the edges. On uh, it's a little less crisp. Those are two two different things. You know, I'm trying to go to extremes between my natural speaking voice. Um, certainly, I'm in podcast mode, and I'm like making sure that my words are a little bit more enunciated but there is that extreme that extreme of making it sure making very precise speaking making some very crisp enunciation versus having some slurred speech and uh you know making sure your words just kind of blend all together they always kind of lazily just all uh round round edges slurred together yeah that that last voice makes me think of somebody that is very comfortable where they are and is Again, just not thoughtless, but they're, they, the present moment is a little bit unconcerning to them. They don't really mind with what they're doing because they're pretty okay right now. They're just rounding out their edges of their voice, and they maybe want to be a little bit more comfortable and want their listener to be comfortable as well versus someone who is very precise with what they are saying to make sure that somebody else knows what point they are trying to get across. Very, very extremes. I think that for newer players, especially that are uncomfortable with accents or trying out different character voices, again, we've said it a, a couple times, but I just want to drive this point home. Go to the, feel free, do not be afraid to go to the extreme. Even if you feel silly, go to the extreme because it's all the in-betweens that when you dial it back and dial it back a little bit more, that's where you'll find your characters. Or your characters may even be in the extreme. That's always fun to play too, is a character that their voice is an extreme. Maybe they're putting that voice on. Maybe it's a part of their personality trait is putting on a front. Or maybe their voice is just kind of crazy. Like, I mean, if you guys keep up with Critical Role in season two, uh, Sam Regal brings out his character for Not the Brave and everyone laughs for a second and he says, nope, this is the voice. And it's just this kind of really scratchy voice in kind of an accent where it has these little vocal breaks and it's very scratchy and but also kind of endearing and it's like it's a ridiculous voice it's a pretty good nod. but you've come to love it thank you thank you <laughs> thank you I've, I've, better than I, can I, do. I, I, I practiced it a little bit for this episode just a little <laughs> nice. bit and on the on the subject of you know vocal cracks or things like that um, my last point, I actually just wrote down vocal foibles. That's something that we talk about um, in training, you know, undergrad. We were talking about uh, my training a little bit. That's something that my one of my professors had talked about is vocal foibles. Things like vocal fry. You have that oh, kind of... It's so hard to hear. It sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, and you get that vocal fry. That's a That's something that... Again, I'm talking in my normal voice, but just adding a little bit more of the fry. Um, be, <laughs> vocal be fry careful is very with that one. Too. Be careful with that one. That's not yeah. great for your vocal cords. No, definitely not. So if you're going to use vocal fry, please just make sure your vocal folds are lubricated. Drink a lot of water. So other than vocal fry and keeping your voice nice and lubricated to make sure that, that you don't uh, hurt it, another thing that you can do also, having a lot of ums and uhs in your speech pattern can denote different things with your character. I know my character on Saturday's game, a lot of he he was an ex-general. Something really bad happened to him, and now he second guesses a lot of his choices. So 
as a general, he should be pretty confident in his speech pattern and should be very matter-of-fact about what he's saying, but he has a lot of ums uh, uh, and trailing sentences because he uh, is, is just a little unsure of himself and uh, doesn't... Um, doesn't know if he's saying the right thing. So uh, kind of using what Jaren had talked about with cadence, along with a little bit of vocal fry and adding some ums and uhs, this is my voice normally. I, I use a Scottish, you know, dialect on him, but um, if I take that out, taking off the voice and just taking and putting the cadence and the little bit of the vocal fry and the uhs and ums, that is his voice. And again, you know, safely adding some of these things into the speech of these characters. I tend to think about vocal foibles as kind of like the sprinkle on top. You don't want to make that the whole thing of the character. But with everything that we've talked about so far, with pitch, tempo and cadence, placement, word choices, volume, enunciation, taking those vocal foibles at the end and kind of sprinkling them in at the top and using it as an accent uh, not, you know, an accent, but to accentuate and supplement this voice using little pieces of here and there to change the voice. Um, I think that a lot of what we talked about, again, it is, it is gesture, it is body, it is things that we don't normally think about as people when we're just normally talking, but just being able to vary the pitch, tempo and cadence, placement of your words, your word choices, volume and enunciation that's all what makes up a person's voice and being able to change those things a little bit not necessarily all of them but at least one or two of them a little bit you can come to find a very unique character voice yeah absolutely and while this is certainly not an exhaustive list of all the possible things you could do with your voice to make a different character sound that's not changing and, and doing an accent um, these are some techniques that work for us and for an added bonus yes well any one of these could give you a unique character uh, voice. Um, feel free to combine and, and try multiple ones of these uh, in the same in the same thing. You know that kind of just happens naturally. I think as you're trying to adopt a different persona, um, and it's just going to happen anyways when you're trying to. Um, you know, change specific things. You're, you might slip into a, you know, when you're trying to do something quieter, I think naturally your voice goes a little bit lower, um, for example. You know, and I found myself when I'm like slurring my words together and having a bit more uh, rounded edges to my enunciation, I, my voice just automatically wanted to do like my stereotypical, uh, you know, panhandle southern accent, my Forrest Gump accent, uh, just because that's just kind of how that character used to talk. Um, I had a character that had that uh, sort of an accent and, you know, it was very rounded edges. So, like, try it, multiple ones of these, combine them, try them out, um, experiment with them. If you need to practice it, you know, feel free to do it in your car when no one can hear you. That's what I do all the time. Or when I'm out walking, I just try some stuff out. And that way, when you come to the table, you'll be a little bit more comfortable using it in front of people because you've practiced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practice your voices and... You know, it's, it's hard to just say be confident, but just know that everybody at the table is excited for you and whatever you bring to the table, feel confident in those choices because that character is yours and nobody wants you to have any other voice than the one that you want to bring to the table. And besides, it's fun. Yeah, we're here to have fun. We're here to have make wacky voices, swing swords, shoot off spells and fight evil.
And if you're unless you are the evil, exactly. And if you're not comfortable doing a voice at all, you don't need to at all. You can. It's perfectly fine to use your normal voice. So yeah, these are just tips for if you are wanting to make a character voice, uh, a simple character voice. These are the the things that we've found that have worked for us. And feel free to take them, try them out. Again, go to the extreme and then pull yourself back, um, or don't. Go to the extreme and stay in the extreme. It. We're here to have fun. We're here to to play around and and reinvent ourselves through the eyes of these characters. And on that, that is actually going to be our show this week. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. And if you liked this episode, please check out our future episodes, which are released every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central. Next episode, we'll be inviting a fellow player and DM to the conversation, and we're going to be talking about homebrewed rules for your campaign. This has been Discussions and Dragons. I'm Britton. And I'm Jaren. See you guys next time.